dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day, another great week in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is a great week where there are all kinds of strange, threatening, bizarre, unprecedented events that may interrupt uh, this presidential campaign. Uh, there's actually a list of them, of 11 bizarre events, including, uh, by the way, the arrival of aliens. Is that a real possibility? The New York Times ran a huge piece on Professor Avi Loeb, who's been a guest on our show several times. He is a professor, astrophysicist, internationally renowned and respected at Harvard, uh, who is continuing to work on alien spacecraft or their possibility. Well, that's going on. There's also shootings. Shootings galore. Does that uh, have an impact on our politics? The news today is that uh, police at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, a very large campus with uh, some 20,000 undergraduates plus graduate students, they're responding to an armed and dangerous person on or near campus, according to an alert from the university that just came down. A spokesman for the university declined to comment further on the incident. Apparently, there are no casualties reported yet. Uh, there were severe casualties at uh, three dead at a racist shooting involving a uh, would-be Nazi who then uh, killed himself. This in Jacksonville, Florida. And one of the presidential candidates, the governor of Florida, uh, Ron Santanis, uh, DeSantis, Pardon me, DeSantanis is not coming. No, that's not another Trump uh, uh, play on his name. Uh, but Ron DeSantis spoke at a memorial service for the people who died and was booed. We will play that for you. We'll also be speaking to Chris Christie coming right up uh, because one of the big news items that could impact the way we all live and the fate of this election is they have uh, assigned a beginning date for the first of the federal cases about the election manipulation by President uh, Trump. And uh, that uh, date is March 4th. Uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin uh, earlier today uh, set the trial date as March 4th What's fascinating about that is March 5th is Super Tuesday. It's right in the dead center middle of the presidential campaign. Now, it's possible that Trump will have locked up the nomination by March 4th. But uh, then it would have an impact on the ongoing general election campaign. Why? Because he's going to have to be there for part of that trial. It's a serious trial with serious consequences. Uh, do you think that one of the bizarre things that could happen is that if Trump is convicted and if he is facing um, all kinds of years in prison, that he would flee the country? Well, interesting thought. Uh, the Secret Service would be around him, would probably help to deter that. 
But who knows? We will get to all of that coming up, and we'll be speaking soon to Governor Chris Christie about what the trial date means and about what he would do if he were actually elected president. What would be his first priority? Okay, uh, first of all, this horrible killing over the weekend. It was a death of three people at a Dollar General store in Jacksonville, Florida. That's why... Uh, Governor DeSantis was there speaking about this tragic case. It was a 21-year-old killer. Here's the way that CBS News covered the story. Residents of Jacksonville came together for a prayer vigil after police say a white man gunned down three black people at a Dollar General store Saturday. No more division. No more hate. We are going to do what we need to do to make sure that evil does not triumph in the state of Florida. Authorities say the gunman targeted two shoppers and a store employee because of their race. Jacksonville Sheriff's Office released this surveillance video of the suspected shooter, identified as 21-year-old Ryan Palmetter, wearing tactical gear and armed with a handgun and an AR-15 rifle that was painted with swastikas. Authorities say he opened fire on his victims inside and outside of the store before he shot and killed himself. He wanted to kill black people. His writings and his manifestos were, were uh, the diary of a madman. The sheriff said the suspect bought the guns legally but had been involuntarily committed for a mental health examination six years ago. Before the shooting, police say the gunman was spotted at the historically black Edward Waters University. Okay, uh, this uh, uh, killer uh, apparently... After he killed people in the store and fired 11 shots and killed this woman who was actually an Uber driver outside the store, all of the victims black, he went into the store, shushed away or chased away white people, didn't harm them. He was looking for black people. And one of the things that occurred is he went into the office area inside the store and he sent a text message to his father and said, uh, use a screwdriver to break into my room, go into my room. And in his room, there was a manifesto about his hatred for black people and his racist ideology, and also the indication uh, that he was behind this killing and that he would kill himself, which he did. Uh, the police who had arrived heard the one shot coming from that office where Ryan uh, Christopher Palmetter killed himself. The way it's covered in the New York Times, in the span of 11 terrifying minutes, a gunman targeting black shoppers killed three people in a Dollar General store in Jacksonville, Florida, a rampage that authorities are investigating as a hate crime that has reverberated through a community that long uh, forced to cope with the lex a legacy of uh, racism. Uh, Jacksonville is the biggest city by population in Florida, believe it or not. And uh, it's about 30% black. And uh, that's at least uh, what is reported in the New York Times. The, the idea that uh, people are saying it's a suspected hate crime, if, if the uh, gun, uh, the AR-15, he had two guns on him, and if the AR-15 that he used... Uh, had swastikas painted on it 
that's kind of an indication of a hate crime, wouldn't you think? The uh, shooting on Saturday, on the same day when the nation commemorated the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, prompted somber vigils and renewed vows for unity from residents and officials, but also a tense appearance by Governor DeSantis in a city that in recent years has dealt with a series of hateful incidents and a continuing dispute over Confederate monuments. We have three people who are dead because they are black, State Senator Tracy Davis, a Jacksonville Democrat, said at a vigil on Sunday morning. Shopping in our community gunned down because they were black. Uh, Ryan Christopher Palmeter, they identified as the gunman, a white 21-year-old from neighboring Clay County. Uh, Mr. Uh, Ms. Carr, the first victim, was an Uber driver, had dropped off a friend at the store just before she was killed. The gunman, wearing a shirt over a tactical vest, as well as a mask and gloves, began his rampage at about 1.08 p.m. on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, actually, by shooting 11 times into a car parked outside the Dollar General's store, killing Ms. Carr. Uh, we will get to more on that. But coming up, uh, Chris Christie, candidate for president, former governor of New Jersey, responds to the new date, which is March 4th of next year, for the first big Trump federal case. We'll get to that coming up. Medved Show, the Trump D.C. trial has been set for March uh, 5th, 4th, actually, on uh, 2024. So that's just in the thick of the GOP presidential fight. It is the day before Super Tuesday, which is the day when most of the delegates are up for grabs. Uh, what does it mean? What does it mean to the future of the Trump campaign and to all the other campaigns, including the campaign of the uh, debater who uh, caught a lot of attention uh, last week? His name is Chris Christie for being the one who was most unequivocally uh, concerned about some of the charges against President Trump. Uh, Governor Christie, what do you, how do you react to the scheduling by Judge uh, Chutkin of this trial uh, for uh, trying to overturn the presidential defeat? That uh, trial coming the day before Super Tuesday. Well, Mark, thanks for having me on. I, I, this puts it in stark focus, or it should, for every Republican voter. The day before Super Tuesday... We're going to have the person who is currently leading in the polls sitting in a courtroom in Washington, D.C. for at least the next four to five weeks, every day, having testimony presented to a jury about his conduct and the conduct of the people he chose to surround himself with in relation to his attempt to overturn the result of the election 
as it was going to be certified on Capitol Hill by Congress that day. If you think that a person who goes through four to five weeks of that trial at that time has any hope of beating Joe Biden, uh, you're living in an alternative universe. Uh, This is going to be devastating for the Republican Party unless we stop normalizing this behavior. And having this this person, Donald Trump, um, in the midst of primaries then, he's going to be able to go and campaign for Super Tuesday votes. He's going to be sitting in a courtroom, and he's going to be doing it after Super Tuesday, four weeks. Uh, it's, it is okay, an uh, absolutely Governor Christie, toxic you, you, situation. You've been a federal prosecutor and a very successful and acclaimed federal prosecutor. Uh, how necessary is it for Trump to actually be there every day in that courtroom? Could that be required by the court, or would he be granted some leeway to go out and campaign while his trial is rolling on? No. You're a criminal defendant. You have been charged by a federal grand jury with probable cause that you committed the crimes in the indictment. The fact that you're not in jail pending the trial is part of the bail situation that he has. And one of those requirements is that you must appear in court when ordered to do so. And that's certainly going to be during jury selection and the trial of the case. The defendant has to be there. And so he's not going to have any choice. This is not like the E. Jean Carroll civil case when a civil defendant can choose just not to show up and be represented by counsel. That is not the case in a criminal trial. He will be required to be sitting at counsel table for the entire trial. So this is not something that's going to be discretionary. This is going to be mandated. I I have heard uh, some of the reaction from Team Trump here is that there won't be a definitive uh, result of this trial because of the appeal process that the chances are that uh, this uh, fight over his guilt or uh, innocence or not guilty situation in in this trial with these charges would go on till after the new president is inaugurated, that it would continue and continue. This is not going to be something that will be settled quickly. Is that uh, your understanding? Well, let's, let's break it down. If he, is, if he were to be found not guilty, it ends right then. The government will not be able to appeal a not guilty verdict. Um, it is, if he's found guilty, um, he, of course he has the right to appeal, but he's been found guilty by a jury of his peers of felonies. Um, if he thinks that that's going to make him a more viable fall presidential candidate, uh, he's kidding. The, the, the fact of the matter is that this is, this, this is now becoming real for people, okay? Before, oh, the concept of, oh, he's been charged, well, we'll see what happens. We now know there's going to be a trial beginning on March 4th. And if you think that the Democrats and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be talking about anything else other than the fact that if he were to be found guilty, um, someone uh, who has been found guilty by a jury of trying to overturn 
a presidential election is on the ballot for the Republican Party for president, um, that's going to be the only issue that will be discussed by the Democrats. And the Trump defense is going to be, oh, but wait till we win on appeal. Um, well, the Trump win defense on the- back in Mar-a-Lago having taken our party down the toilet for the fourth time during his career. When you count 2018, when he lost the House for us, 2020, when he lost the White House and the Senate, and 2022, when he lost more governorships, another seat in the Senate. Um, and we barely held on to the House with a president in the approval ratings of Joe Biden in the mid-30s. Um, we know the way this movie will end, and now we know when it will end. And that's going to be when he has to be sitting in a courtroom for weeks rather than making the case against Joe Biden and the Democrats. I can make the case against Joe Biden and the Democrats without having to worry for a moment about two things, being on trial myself for any crimes, or two, I won't have to worry about being one of the six people who raised their hand on Wednesday night's debate and saying that they would support him even if convicted of a felony. Okay, uh, you, uh, by the way, the the new news is that you've just pulled ahead of Ron DeSantis uh, to second place in the most recent poll in New Hampshire, which is um, pretty dramatic. Uh, If you were actually elected president, uh, this is something that Tim Scott was asked at the debate. He said his first act as uh, president, first day he was president, he'd fire Merrick Garland, not realizing that Merrick Garland would have already resigned, left the attorney general's <laughs> position. Uh, what would be your first action as president of the United States? My first action as president of the United States would be to sign an executive order to send National Guard to our southern border to team with our Customs and Border Patrol folks to stop fentanyl from coming over our southern border. It killed 110,000 Americans last year, Mark, and we have to stop China's war against us through Mexico using fentanyl as a way to kill Americans. That would be my first act as president. Governor Chris Christie, I appreciate your taking the time and putting the prospect of this trial, which is now scheduled to begin on March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday, Dramatic Times. We will be right back on The Medved Show. Michael Medved show uh, there's a headline over at the Associated Press it says Biden is old yeah Trump is corrupt uh, APNORC poll has ominous signs for both in possible 2024 rematch uh, this is a, a new survey that uh, just brings home uh, what we candidates, both of, of these individuals are, and when we were talking to Chris Christie, the the other question I would have put to him is that it sounds like today, there are statements by Kevin McCarthy uh, that show that he is open to following the pressure of some of the Freedom Caucus and some of the members of his caucus in the House of Representatives and proceeding with an impeachment investigation. President Trump has commented on Truth Social that uh, they don't need an investigation. They should just go ahead and impeach him. Uh, And and basically he uses as an argument for that. The fact is they 
impeached me. Uh, so they ought to do the same to Biden. So it, it is not out of the question that uh, since these things take a certain amount of time, that at the same time that Trump is sitting down for the day before Super Tuesday for his trial, uh, that Joe Biden would be in the middle of an impeachment trial. Uh, it's, it's very, very unlikely that, that Joe Biden, just as it was very, very unlikely that Donald Trump would be removed from office, it's very unlikely that Joe Biden would be removed from office because he need two-thirds of the Senate. And what it would mean was you would need, in, in Biden's case, you would need uh, at least uh, 16, uh, no, pardon me, that's 17 Democrats to vote to remove him from office in the Senate. Ain't going to happen. Uh, there were 10 Republicans uh, in the House who voted to impeach President Trump and seven Republicans in the Senate who voted to remove him from office. But that wasn't nearly enough. And uh, right now, what it says in this um, AP story, this new AP NORC poll, President Joe Biden is old and confused and former President Trump is corrupt and dishonest. Those are among the top terms Americans use when they're asked just to describe the Democrat in the White House and the Republican best position to face him in next year's election. Unflattering portraits of Biden and Trump emerged clearly in a new poll by the Associated Press, National Opinion Research Center for Public Affairs Research, which asked an open-ended question about what comes to mind when you think of Biden. For Biden, the largest share of U.S. adults, including both Democrats and Republicans, mentioned his age. At 80, Biden is just three years older than Trump, but many Americans expressed real concerns about his ability to continue as president. Trump, meanwhile, has been indicted in four cases featuring 91 total criminal counts, and he elicits words such as corrupt and crooked, named by 15%, along with bad and other generally negative comments, 11%. Not far behind are words like liar and dishonest, Another 8% offered uh, generally positive comments. That's 8% of the public uh, like good. Um, what's am amazing about this situation is how negative the, uh, the, the assessment of both these candidates uh, is. The uh, assessment in terms of... Uh, uh, negative uh, approval rating or a negative rea reaction to Biden, it's 52%. To Trump, it's 62%, which is just astonishing. And, uh, and by the way, goes to the point that Nikki Haley used on uh, the debate night that uh, Trump is the most disliked politician in America. And in terms of uh, all of this polling, that's true. There's also, by the way, a poll that ought to terrify Joe Biden. I mean, a, a, a new poll involving Hispanics and the fact that uh, the Hispanic edge that uh, enabled Barack Obama to win election, that enabled Joe Biden to win election, 
that Hispanic edge has simply disappeared. If the election were held today, Hispanic voters would not give uh, Democrats anything like the advantage they need to uh, to actually prevail in a national election. And uh, this is an extraordinary situation. We will get to that Hispanic vulnerability, which is a new thing and a new development in our politics. We'll be getting to that uh, a little bit later. Uh, meanwhile, in a press conference, this is after the shootings in Jacksonville by uh, Ryan Palmetter, the uh, Nazi, and I think it's safe to say that he was a Nazi, he had swastikas on his gun. Uh, he, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis had a reaction at a press conference after the shooting in his state at Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, this is clip two. I was able to speak with Sheriff T.K. Waters in Jacksonville about the horrific shooting that took place. This shooting based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this was racially motivated. Uh, he was targeting people based on their race. Uh, that is totally unacceptable. Uh, this guy killed himself rather than face the music and accept responsibility for his actions. And so he took the coward's way out. But we condemn what happened in the strongest possible terms. We've offered support for uh, Sheriff Waters and the city of Jacksonville. And we send our condolences to the victims and their families uh, who were the victims of, uh, of a very cowardly act. Okay, a cowardly act, of course, uh, but much worse than that, a profoundly evil act. And somehow using the term scumbag, you wonder if given the level of evil here, if that's appropriate. Uh, later, DeSantis showed up uninvited at a vigil and he was booed. It sounded uh, like this. <laughs> today a bullet don't know a party so don't get me started okay that was a democratic councilwoman jucobi Pittman, who stood up for him to try to stop the booing and uh again uh it is a horrible horrible event and the idea that there are people this young and and you think about the same age approximately the uh, Dylan Roof who killed those nine worshipers they were doing Bible study in Charleston uh, how is it that people that young imbibe and then sacrifice their lives while killing others uh, for this racist white supremacist ideology which still persists in this uh, country 
Uh, We will be right back with the latest on the North Carolina shooter and more coming up. Your outlet for outrage. It is outrageous what you are saying. The Michael Medved Show. This is outrageous. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. show, uh, at least one shot has been fired by the suspect at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. He is at large. Uh, They have identified him. They have run a picture of him. He's uh, Asian American. Uh, Again, uh, despite the fact that the authorities have identified the individual, they have not publicized his name or background or possible motivation, though some of the reports about this latest school uh, shooting today indicate that it may have been a personal uh, kind of vendetta rather than simply trying to shoot people at large which would go along with the idea of the one shot fired, no reports yet of injury or death, and let's hope there are none. Uh, Over Chicago, over the weekend, and it's so sad, but it's every week, a 22 shot, perhaps more actually, one killed. Uh, Three men shot in southwest Baltimore, say police, The shooting brings the number of victims to eight for the day. And in Columbus, Ohio, two 13-year-old boys, 13 years old, have been charged in the shooting death of another juvenile at Easton Town Center. This in Columbus, Ohio. Officers with the Columbus Division of Police were called to the mall around 6.15 p.m. on a report that someone was shot in front of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. Police said that uh, an officer responded to the area within one minute and began performing CPR on the uh, juvenile who died. That's an unbelievable situation. Unbelievable situation. Uh, There is a piece... Uh, in American greatness, and of course, American greatness is a conservative viewpoint and and very much a pro-Trump viewpoint. But uh, a piece by Steve Cortez, who is not part of the Trump campaign, he's part of the DeSantis campaign. He's the national spokesman for Ron DeSantis' PAC and a uh, former senior advisor to President Trump. He uh, writes about Biden's Hispanic vulnerability, and he makes a very powerful case. I would love to have him on because I think it's an important case, and it's something that could well tilt the election in a Republican conservative direction. A growing cohort of Hispanics, he writes, find themselves political orphans. Many of them have yet to fully align with the Republican Party, but they increasingly turn away from the economic mismanagement and leftist social extremism of the 2020s Democrats. As such, Biden finds a new and worsening problem headed into election year, hemorrhaging support among Hispanics, and especially among working-class Latino voters. Per the latest New York Times-Siena poll, 
Biden's general election lead among non-college educated minorities has collapsed. Back into 2020, Biden captured a blowout 48% winning margin among blue-collar minorities, um, who are mostly, of course, black and uh, Asian and Latino. Biden won by 48% among blue-collar people in that group, but that lead has plummeted to only 16% right now, asking voters their preferences for 2024. For further context, consider that Obama won that demographic of working-class non-whites by a landslide 67% in 2012. This worsening decline understandably alarms ruling-class power brokers and Democrat partisans who previously took Hispanic allegiance for granted, writes Steve Cortez. Uh, Even uh, Politico uh, recently ran a story headline wondering what's behind Biden's Latino voter problem. The economy and culture are the macro forces that explain the tectonic shift among Hispanics away from Biden and toward the political right, he, he writes. First, on the economy, middle and lower income workers suffer the ravages of rising prices most severely. Because Hispanics overwhelmingly fall into the, this economic category, inflation inflicts particular financial misery on Latino households. Uh, granted, the pain of out-of-control prices for the staples of life knows neither color nor ethnicity. This harsh reality explains why only 16% of Americans overall report that their wages can keep pace with inflation. That's according to the most recent survey in Investor's Business Daily. And then he goes on to explain, nonetheless, Hispanics more acutely feel this financial pinch and subsequently reject the intense economic mismanagement of Biden and the Democrats. For example, Biden's strong approval rating among Hispanics is only 14% which is the lowest in any demographic group. Uh, digging into the New York Times poll, crosstabs the clear driver of the dissatisfaction is the economy. And then he writes that perhaps the Hispanics could stomach some of the economic abuses from the radical Democrats if Biden and his media cronies showed some semblance of respect for the traditional sentiments and deeply held religious beliefs millions of Hispanics hold overwhelmingly Catholic and evangelical believers. But instead, Biden and the Democrats insist on a sustained campaign of radical secular humanist assaults upon communities that believe in such universal truths as the existence of two sexes. In Democrat-run states like Washington State, uh, children can be surgically permanently sex-changed without parental approval. Hispanics, more than other groups, recoil at such extremism. Uh, this is a, a very serious matter. And unless uh, uh, Biden does something to address it, or if the Democrats come up with a new candidate, which there's increasing conversation about. And part of the problem here is that right now there's even an argument that Trump is 77, and Trump is obese. I mean, he does not weigh 215 pounds. He weighs more. Uh, He does not regularly exercise. 
And it's possible Trump could have some kind of health emergency. But one of the, the fascinating points that a lot of people on Team Trump make is that if Trump has some kind of health setback, it hurts Biden. Why? Because Biden looks and sounds and has established this uh, presence, and you can see that in so many of the polls, like the AP NORC poll we were talking about, a poll that uh, that shows that old is the first uh, word, fragile, frail. These are words that come to mind when people think of Joe Biden. And, and Trump, of course, does convey someone who is more energetic and robust. Uh, a new Emerson College polling survey of U.S. voters following the August Republican primary debate finds half of Republican primary voters, 50%, plan to vote for Donald Trump. The lowest support to date for the president in Emerson national polls. Uh, Trump's support has dropped by six percentage points since last week's pre-debate national poll. Uh, what this indicates is that the general assumption that uh, the uh, big winner of the debate was Trump because he didn't show up, well, that doesn't appear to be true. Because as much as he has lost by six percentage points, Nikki Haley, for instance, who, according to um, many commentators, uh, was somebody who did very well at the debate. She helped herself. She raised her percentage of the vote, according to another big national survey, from 2% to 7%. So at least she is becoming a, uh, a factor. Um, However, meanwhile, there's another aspect where President Trump posted on Truth Social that he won the Senior Club Championship at his golf club at Bedminster, New Jersey. Trump, who apparently was able to dig out his golf shorts uh, uh, that were mixed among the classified documents stored at Mar-a-Lago. That's golf shirts, not shorts. Who plays shorts in, well, I guess this time of year. In any event, he shot a 67, but did not say if that was in a practice round or even uh, what day he recorded the score. I am pleased to report for those that care that I just won the senior club championship, must be over 50 years old. Well done. So, uh, again, early winners and losers. It's one of the things to record and report in this greatest nation on God's green earth.